All right, so I think we're just going to crack right into this one. This is our very first Spirit Encounters episode. Cracking into it. Otto's chasing balls underneath of our table again. Fuzzy balls. Ha. No. Took you a while to get that one. (laughs) All right, so I don't think we're going to beat around the bush too much on this one. (laughs) After Harry Balls. (laughs) That's what I was thinking, too. I made myself cough on that. Uh-huh. Wait, let me scratch my ass. I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> right. You sit in a wood chair for fucking... I am sitting in a wood chair. Shut up. No, you're not. You don't know my pains. You don't have a hairy ass. All right, let's quit beating around the bush. Okay, so what are you drinking tonight? Uh, my wild turkey. Yeah, because we are recording this the same night that, damn, Otto, we're recording this the same night that we recorded your episode, which has no name yet because I haven't done anything with it because it was literally like 10 minutes ago. So, so you're drinking wild turkey? What you drinking, honey? I'm drinking Bada Box. Bada Box. Bada Box. Bada Box. We already established it. Yeah, I, I like Bada Box. Pinot Noir 2019. Nice. It's good. Oh, it's aged. You fancy. Uh-huh. So first, we need to do our Patreon shout-outs. And I didn't plan this one ahead. So. What in the fuck is that? <laughs> what was that? What was he doing? The ball's underneath the um, step stool. Oh. Moving okay. All right. So before we get into the stories, I want to acknowledge the people who've been supporting us. And I'm going to start off with, uh, we've had a few people buy us some beers on buymeacoffee.com. So we have Cold Colors Comedy Podcast, Kudzu Killers Podcast, and Student Verdict Podcast have all bought us some beers. Thanks, guys. Which has been really, really helpful. So thank you very much, guys. And then for our amazing Patreon donors, for the Holy Water Headbangers, we have Haley. In the Teetotalers, we have Ashley. And in the Social Drinkers, we have Lindsay. Thanks, gal. So thank you guys for your support. It really means a lot to us, and it really helps me out. So thank you. Hopefully you're enjoying some of the bonus content that you're getting. Okay, spirits, I'm sorry about that. I had to take a little break to go and steal some toys from Emmett because he found every freaking noisy toy that we have. He thinks you're so cruel right now. Oh, my goodness. All right. So our setup. We have a few listener stories that came in as recordings, audio recordings, and we have a few that were sent in through email. So I'm going to start this one off with a story from Lark from Kudzu Killers. First, Kim and I would like to say thank you for all the help that Emily and Joel do for us at Kudzu Killers Homicide and Sweet Tea Podcast. We truly couldn't do it without y'all, so thanks. Thanks, guys. So, I was more than happy to share a paranormal experience when they asked. Now, this is my experience. Kim might chime in hers maybe some other day, but this is mine. So, my paranormal experience is about... When I was living in Chesterfield, England, at the time of the football crush in 1989, and this is sort of in the north of England, 
for those people in the United States. It's not in the South, down by London. It's about four-ish, five-ish hours up straight up north. Just in case you don't know, it happened at the Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield, where Liverpool was playing Sheffield. And Kim knows about these teams because her husband digs. <laughs> Who is he for? Chelsea. <laughs> He's a Chelsea fan. So see, Chelsea, Chelsea is London. <laughs> anyway, okay, so my ex-husband is from Liverpool, and the game was very near to where we lived. He wanted to go to the game. Well, I just felt emphatically that we should not go, and we didn't. Shortly before kickoff, in an attempt to ease overcrowding outside of the entrance, the police match commander ordered the exit gate opened. Well, that led to an influx of even more supporters into what they call standing pens. And for the most part, people don't sit at these things like baseball or American football. They stand and they stand and they sway and they sing and they chant and they stand really, really close like sardines and they push and they sway and they push as close as they can get to the field. And it's kind of scary if you've ever been to one and you're not familiar with it because you got a lot of body pressed up <laughs> against you. It's just kind of odd. So anyway, this led to a crowding in the pens and it ultimately led to this crush of people pushing forward. Ultimately, there were 96 fatalities and 766 injuries. And it remains as of 2020, the worst disaster in British sporting history. Did you know that, Kim? Wow. Um, I, I know. I Yeah, I remember when that happened. I what? wondered what, what made you feel, un- what was it that made you feel uneasy? What, oh. what, you know, why did you, you know, Rob Vincent of this experience of new death. (laughs) (laughs) Rob him of our mutual deaths and ascension at the same time. I don't. Exactly. Um, I really, I really don't know. Other than he would probably tell you I was just a bitch. That's a whole other story. He is her (laughs) ex-husband. Yeah, remember, he's my ex-husband, y'all. So I I don't really know. It's just that I just have this weird, weird feeling that we shouldn't go. Just this weird sort of nauseous, gutsy, weird feeling. And later on, I was just telling Kim later on, I realized that this is the same date as two days after our wedding anniversary. So there were so many signs for me to never get married, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, so the days that followed, the English newspapers and um, you know more European newspapers in general, but especially a lot of the English papers, the news on TV and the papers, they just don't hold back on the gore. They were in living color, man. They were in full living color. People pressed up against these chain link fences, turning blue, up close, suffocation. They were dying in front of me, and I just, I just like couldn't get past this after all this was happening. So um, the media is going on and and at the same time, they're doing all these mass church ceremonies, uh, you know, like, you know how when lots of people die, yeah, mass mass services. And they were all over England, but specifically, of course, in Liverpool and in, in Sheffield because there were, that's where the teams were. Anyway, later on, they blamed it on hooliganism from the Liverpool team, which, which really didn't pan out. That turned out to not be the case, but there's a lot of that goes on. There's a whole lot of rivalry and, and a lot of sometimes games. Well, and they're not too far apart, right? Sheffield and Liverpool aren't that 
far apart. Well, the deal with rivals. The deal with the reason we were going. Yeah, the deal. The reason we were going was because we were living in Chesterfield, and Sheffield was right there, and it was his home team. And so, you know, blah blah blah. Anyway, okay. So all this, this is this little bit is so moving to me. Is that these? All these church ceremonies, and I remember one real specifically, I think it was in the Liverpool Cathedral, which is a Catholic church. They're like nine-year-old boys singing a cappella the song, You'll Never Walk Alone. Now, this totally creeped me out because that's always been one of my very favorite songs ever since I was a child. Now, this song comes from the musical Carousel. Yes. Do you remember that, yeah. Kim? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this musical, if y'all don't know, first of all, it's really awesome. It's way ahead of its time. It was with Shirley Jones. She's amazing. Anyway, but it's about a ghost. And the gist of the story is that 15 years later, after uh, the death of a carousel barker, he is granted permission to return to earth for one day to make amends to his widow. Now, just a side note, my maiden name is Barker. So all this (laughs) stuff is coming together really creepy like, okay? So I just can't get away from, oh my God, my hands are all sweaty right now. (laughs) So I just can't get away from this intense effect that the event had on me. So I was so affected by these 95 deaths in the media, and I just couldn't get away from it. And of course, your basic near-death experience, so to speak. So so my ex-husband used to go away a lot, and I was alone a lot there in the middle of the north of England with nothing to do. So I had a friend that asked me to go to a spiritualist meeting with her. <laughs> Shortly after, kind of while all this was still happening and going on, and that's really where all hell broke loose. So we're sitting around in a little circle, kind of like at the community center. There's probably about, oh, 10 or 11 of us. There aren't that many of us. And we're sitting there. Everybody's got their eyes closed. And this kind of geeky guy is running the meeting. He kept asking stupid things like, do you have someone, Joyce? How about you, Darlene? Do you have someone? And one lady says, well, I think I have my my dead budgie here. Oh, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. I'm over here in my mind. I'm going, for goodness sake, I'm thinking this is a load of crap. Right about then, I swear to y'all, I felt this cold slap in the middle of my chest and it hit me so hard. It felt like, you know, when they put that, uh, put the thing on your chest to listen to your heart. It ha- it was so cold and it hit me so hard. My eyes just popped open and I kind of felt stupid. So I looked around, I looked kind of furtively to the left and the right and I closed my eyes again and said, like, don't be stupid, right? Mm, right. <laughs> I closed my eyes again. And then the next thing, I start to feel this pressure on my shoulders and then on my back and on front. Now I was like, like I was being pushed and kind of shoved around and I was being jostled back and forth like in a crowd, you know? So long story short, you guys, I think that one of the dead victims had jumped into me a la Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Oh my God. So without any real thought about, you know, being cool or I jumped up, I stood up, I jumped up and I pointed to this little quiet, reserved little <laughs> English lady with her knitting across <laughs> yeah, across the circle of chairs. And I shout, I've got a message for you. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. So she's so calm. She was so cool. Oh, I was so grateful she was. She very calmly stepped forward. She took both my hands and she stood there in the middle of the circle. And I proceeded to tell her that I had her husband with me and that he had died in the football crush. And I was a boo-hoo and y'all <laughs> crying and carrying on. And she was very calm. 
comes this week. She kept saying, I'll take that. I'll take that message. I'll take that. And then I said, you know, you, you need to move on and stop holding on to him. And he's trying to tell you that he's ready to move on and you need to let him go. <laughs> so now Kim can testify here. People who know me, I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> little. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a little dramatic. So at this point, I'm crying. I'm really upset. I was like, because as you know, I got in there and all this stuff was a load of bullshit going in, right? Excuse me. <laughs> so, so she 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 was really sweet. She confirmed everything I said and she hugged me and she thanked me for my message. Uh, I guess at that point, you know, nobody could really talk. Everybody story, right? was awake so. in the place. <laughs> Well, what can I say? Okay, so nobody could top my story. So they all got up. We all held hands. And the leader of the band actually made me say a freaking closing prayer. I mean, really. (laughs) (sighs) So, you know, I I was not all, it wasn't all that easy to get a grip. But um, something came to mind and I mumbled a prayer of some sort. And and we, uh, somehow I got home. (laughs) But. I'm here to tell you that that made a believer out of me. So, would me too. So that was my experience, and uh, uh, I'll take it or leave it, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it couldn't happen to a more dramatic girl. <laughs> I can totally see it too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right. Uh, England never knew what hit them when I got to Chesterfield. (laughs) Oh, my. But anyway, um, we would, again, like to thank our Miss Emily and Joel. And uh, maybe if if y'all are feeling me and Kim, stop by and see us at Kudzu Killers Homicide and Sweet Tea. Okay, first. They're a hoot and a half. Aren't they? I freaking love their show. Kim and Lark crack me up, and they do a phenomenal job. They're true crime. They focus on, like, southern true crime. Right. And I had never, I don't know why, but for I had never for a second thought that they would have any kind of paranormal experience. I, I guess I just think of southern people as, like, really cool, calm, and collected, and not believe it. Like, it's ghost. such a northern thing. But I put out a call on Twitter for listener stories. Mm-hmm. And Kim goes, Lark has one. <laughs> like, yes, please. Yes, please. And oh my goodness, Lark, I am so glad that you listened to your instincts with that football game and you didn't go. Because how many of us have had those instincts when we're going someplace that feeling that you just really shouldn't be there or that something's telling you you need to leave or go do something else or whatever, call a loved one, something. Mm-hmm. And we ignore it. Yeah. We push it we push it aside and we don't pay attention to it. And she paid attention to it. Good going. Good going. That would be a horrible way to go. Oh my gosh, her descriptions of the mm-hmm. newspaper and the people. Ugh. But Why didn't you do anything? What? I feel like something probably could have been done. Oh, to stop the stampedes and the crushing? Yeah. It's hard when you have thousands of people because it's not like you can get that message to the back easily and people yeah. can't move quickly. And it's not fast enough and people just get crushed. It happens, sadly, often. Yeah. Happens a lot more often in, like, clubs and stuff. But All right. Damn, Lark, that was a story. Especially, like, when she went to see the, the psychic and... Then she turns to the woman and says, I have a message for you. Yeah. That would be crazy. 
Imagine being the psychic. She's like, damn, Lark's going to steal my job. (laughs) Wait, what, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) That is such an interesting story. And that's definitely something. I appreciate that at this point. Obviously, that must have been a really scary experience to go through. But at this point, Lark is laughing about it. And Kim's right there with her laughing about it. And it's enough in the past that it's not so much scary anymore as just... an interesting experience and something that makes you really question the world around us, what we see and what we know. Right. I think it was cool. So thank you, Lark. Danke. Let's see. I have some listener stories that are Mm -hmm. written too. So I'm going to kind of do an every other here. This one is coming to us from Felicia. She sent us. Bye Felicia. No. Hello, Felicia. (laughs) All right, so the title of her email is Wood Stove Wonder. And she says, My first real experience was at my grandfather's old farmhouse. This happened when I was about 11 to 12 years old. The house was about 150 years old at the time and had seen many lives pass in it, including both of my grandparents. I stayed there often and had never had any problems. The house had two bedrooms on the main floor and a couple upstairs. However... The only rooms we used were the kitchen and living room. The other rooms were really drafty. So if you walked in through the mudroom, you would enter the kitchen, then the living room. There was a wood stove in the right between the kitchen and the living room. And I I have a family house that's a lot like that. That is like right smack in between the two. It's a Mm -hmm. weird spot to put it, but whatever. Apparently it's a popular spot. So one night, I would say between 2 and 3 a.m., I woke up to my grandpa's dog barking, which happened quite often. Normally, he would bark at the door. On this night, however, he was barking at the wood stove. I saw a tall, dark figure looking as if he was warming his hands on the stove. This was my grandpa's signature move. I looked over to the couch where my grandpa would be sleeping, and he's laying there sound asleep. I looked back in shock, and the figure stepped out from behind the wood stove, and I passed out. I never told my grandpa. However, my uncle owns the house now and is remodeling it. He and his wife have had various problems such as loud banging late at night, waking up with claw marks on their legs, and numerous problems while remodeling. They've they've had to do redo work over and over again because of different situations. For example, the tarp that was nailed to the roof fell off one night while raining uh, and completely ruining all all of the drywall that was upstairs, various plumbing leaks to newly installed plumbing, etc. I personally believe that one of my passed on relatives is not happy with them remodeling the house. With all that has happened, I'm still not scared to stay there, nor do I get an unwelcome feeling. My uncle and his wife, however, have both said that they sometimes feel an angry presence in the house. Hope you enjoyed Felicia. Somebody don't really like her uncle. So I, we actually emailed back and forth a little bit. I, I asked her, have your aunt and uncle tried to do anything to settle the unease? Because I've heard that posting a picture of what the home looked like before in a really prominent position in the building or in the home can help. Because a lot of times spirits get upset that you're changing what they love or what they knew, what they're familiar with. And putting up that reminder of what they knew can help. Mm-hmm. 
So I said that might be worth looking into. And uh, she said that she doesn't think that they have, but she's going to let them know. She says, I know there's a picture floating around our family of the farm in its prime that maybe they can get that back. So hopefully that will help. It sounds almost to me like when she was seeing the figure standing by the stove and it, it looked so much like her grandpa, like maybe her grandpa astral projected. Maybe he doesn't know he can do it. Maybe it's his father. Maybe. Could be a family thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's all just your family hanging out there, it's not not too freaky, right? Yeah. I don't know. To me, at least. It just doesn't seem like something that a spirit would do to... They're not standing by the wood stove to scare somebody? So do you think it's more like I just, a residual I don't think, haunt? I don't think that the entities that seem to be present in the house would hurt. You know, because even with with whatever it is that's um, messing with the, the her uncle and his wife. She did say just, they had claw marks, though. That is a physical attack. Yeah, but it's not. I don't know. I wouldn't consider that necessarily aggressive. It takes, well, the belief is that for a spirit to be able to do something like that, to manipulate, to create that kind of pressure and that, I, I, that takes a lot of energy. It's hard enough for them to move curtains, let alone to scratch your flesh and leave a mark. Is it? Like, that takes energy. And if you have something that's pissed off, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe. I would be upset by the scratching, too. I don't blame her aunt and uncle for being unhappy about that. Like, what the fuck, man? I would not be happy. You just unsoaked the drywall upstairs, and now you're going to scratch me? Yeah, right? You're fucking up my whole house, and now this <laughs> is what's going on? But I hope whatever it is that... Obviously, it doesn't freak out Felicia too much, but I hope that her aunt and uncle can yeah, kind of find Felicia some... Felicia ain't living in the house. Yeah, that's true. That's very fair. Hopefully, they can find some kind of solution that makes them feel a little more comfortable. Give your best to your uncle and his wife, Felicia. Thank you. So, our next recorded story is coming to us from Jess from Studying Scarlet and her husband, Nate. And you know, Studying Scarlet is another one of my favorites. For sure. Hello, I'm Jess from Studying Scarlet Podcast, and I'm here with my husband, Nate, and we're going to talk about our ghost story. So... We bought a house in 2018. We bought it in August. We moved in in August. And this happened, it was either the end of November or it was the very beginning of December. It was, yeah, it was right around the end of fall, I think. I want to say it was like December had, it was in its first like couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it, I think it was within the first week of December, but it was very weird. We were home, and we were watching TV, which is not abnormal. And our dog, Brooke, was sitting next to me on the couch, which, again, is not abnormal. And she just starts acting, like, super weird for no reason. Like, she keeps, like, pushing herself up against me, and she's making noises. And I'm like, what the crap is going on with this dog? Yeah, I don't understand what her problem is. Yeah, and she kept staring at the wall 
Yeah, and at first Which I... Which would have been to your left, I yeah, think, it was right? to my left. And it's like, at first I ignored it, because I'm like, she's just being weird. Like, this is not the first time she's done something like this. But it wasn't to this extent. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on with this dog? I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I just did. So <laughs> I will not swear again. Um, so I was just like, all right. So it's like all of a sudden I got this really bad feeling like in the pit of my stomach it, it was a feeling of dread yeah there and was kind of like a heavy I looked, just i just slowly turned to look behind me because i was a hundred percent sure there was something there i was a hundred percent certain i was gonna see something and i didn't i didn't see anything but it was it was so powerful that it it made me cry and i was like this is not okay. Something's going on. And um, so the next day, uh, Nate saged the entire house. Yeah, I, I contacted a friend that is a practicing Wiccan. I think it's a, yeah, Wiccan, I yeah, believe is how Wiccan. they mm -hmm. prefer. And uh, they told me to, you know, just repeat our intent, you know, like a mantra while we're saging the house. And, um, yeah, and he had advised me to start either in the attic or in the basement. So I'd started in the basement and just worked my way through the entire house. You know, saging, you know, wafting sage into every corner of the house, even into closets. And uh, while I was in the basement, thank goodness I'd gotten the heads up about it because the smoke alarm went off and it startled the ever-living bejesus out of me and the night that but, this happened i'm i'm part of a i'm part of a coven group on facebook and i'm not a practicing wiccan i just want to put that out there and um i was in there and i said hey this is what's going on what do i do and one of my um siblings had said you know light a white candle if you can i think it was black first black to absorb the evil and then white to, to purify cleanse it i think don't take my word for that um it was but yeah it, i know we, yeah it was we one did, candle after the other yeah we did burn a black which. one and then i stayed up yeah and burned the white and one. white and burnt the white one overnight yeah and so he staged the next day and that's it we haven't had a problem since. Yeah, no so sense of dread was, or weariness. It was or... either, it was one of two things. It was either <laughs> something that was dormant and had been here and it was just like, hey, I'm going to screw with you now. Or it was a hitchhiker that just decided to stop by and say, oh, these people believe in the paranormal. Let's mess with them. And normally I wouldn't like, I wouldn't have gotten angry. But I got angry and I like shouted at it and I was like, look, you want to mess with me, you do what you got to do, but you leave my dog alone. Yeah. That is not okay with me. And I was scared to leave her alone to go to sleep. Yeah. But I mean, it, well, was, and it I know, worked out. She's okay. I know, no, there's plenty of stories of like places that, you know, oh, homeowner starts renovating and changing things in the but house. But we weren't and that, renovating. Yeah, we had, we had, I mean, we still, even a year later or a year and a half later, we still haven't, st well, we, we haven't really started bit, it but, hardcore. But, but you know, nothing's stirred up yet. So, yeah, and we've been doing that over the last I month or so. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if it was something that was here already or if it was something that just decided to pass through because i don't know anything about ley lines i don't know if we have any under this house or not or yeah, near know. this house 
but it's just like it was a very oh, my God, I hope we never deal with that again. It was terrifying. Well, fortunately, if we do, we know exactly what to do now. But, I mean, it yeah. was just, as you said, there was just this feeling of dread or heaviness in the air that just, it was unsettling. No. It, and we haven't had a problem since, so. Fortunately. I don't know what that was about, and I hope we never have to deal with it again. Nothing manifested, at least nothing we could see. Obviously, Brooke felt Something. She either felt it or she saw something. I'm not sure, but she was full-on protective mode. Like, I've never seen her like that since. Man. That was the only time I've ever seen her do anything like that. She's staring at us right now. Yeah, she can tell we're, st- we're talking about her. She knows we're her. talking about her. But, yeah, so. That's one of our few supernatural encounters. Yeah. All right. I... Gotta say that I think it's pretty fucking funny and badass that Jess is like, mess with me, but you do not mess with my dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That one, I was just like, that's a mom right there. (laughs) Dog mama. That's a a fur baby mama. Yeah. Mess with me, but you don't mess with my kids. (laughs) You turn red, start growing horns. It's true. Mama bear comes out, man. It's a thing. That's um, it must have been a pretty freaking, she said it was just kind of this feeling. So it must have been a pretty heavy feeling to just. Very strong, yeah. To elicit that kind of a response. It must have been something that really set them off, obviously. At least a dog. Well, and it seriously scared them enough to go out and seek help and kind of figure things out. I know Personally, in the past, when I lived in an active house, I did sage the house also. That's something that I had done. And it I know that the activity for us didn't go away forever, but it definitely made it feel quieter for a while at least. So hopefully for them, it's like a one and done type thing. A forever kind of deal. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. What, live in a haunted house? If you ever bring some bullshit into the crib, I'm leaving. It's already here, baby. Uh-uh. Yeah, you just don't know it. <gasps> oh, we forgot to talk about my listener story, my own story, the doppelganger of Big W. I'm going to throw this one in here before we do our next story, because that freaked me the fuck out. I'm just going to put this in here. Guys, listeners, beautiful spirits, I need to let you know about what happened. I was upstairs in my room the other day, and directly down the hallway, you can see straight into the boys' room, and just to the right is the stairs, so you can look right down the stairs, or you can look directly into the boys' room. It's a really tiny little hallway. It's very small. Just an apartment. So I leave the bedroom, and I see Big W playing with the trains in their bedroom with the light on, and as I turn right to the stairs, which is literally a split second because this thing is, it's just this skinny ass little wall that divides the stairway from the hallway. As I come around the edge of the stair, I'm standing at the stop, the, I'm standing at the top of the stairs and little D is playing at the bottom and big W comes running into view at the bottom of the stairs. And I do a double take because I know for a fact that I just saw him in his room. With, and I even called it out to him right then and there because it freaked me out so bad. 
Like, I know that I just saw you in your room. It wasn't like there was anything else there to give me the impression of a child-sized figure. It's Legos on the floor. Mm-hmm. And a dresser at the back of the room that's maybe waist height. Maybe you're just going crazy. Oh, well, and then we went to the bookstore and I saw him again go running by and I even yelled at him. And I turn around and he's with you. You heard me yelling for him because I thought he'd run There's the other way. There's a lot way. of kids, though. You said there were no kids. There were no other kids in there. There were kids. No, I specifically said to you, baby, were there any other kids? And you said, I don't think so. There weren't kids. There were kids there. Yeah, I actually called that out to you and you said, no, there were no other kids there. You don't remember that, huh? I probably wasn't listening to you. I just kind of, I don't know. But uh-huh. there were kids there. I don't know sure, that they were in the, in the immediate vicinity, if that's the question that you were asking, but there were kids there when we were there. Whatever, whatever. All right, we're going to close this out with uh, one more written story. This one is coming to us from Loretta from Curious Nixon's podcast. So we have quite a few podcast supporters, so you're going to hear a lot of podcasts, but we also have quite a few other listener stories, so it's just going to kind of be a bit big old mix, I think, for the next couple months. So Loretta says, I grew up just a couple of miles away from the... <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce this. It says Manon slash Anis Cemetery. And yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Loretta. Yes. I can't. A-N-N-I-S. Anis. She said, I rode past it daily on the bus, would go sledding down the hill across the street, never thought too much of it. I visited the cemetery many times growing up as my family and I knew several people there, but it's not such a poor place to be during the day, so it must have been an interesting place to go visit. I, I mean, I visit the Erie Cemetery, so whatever, I do it. I feel you, girl. Probably true with most cemeteries. Anyway, yep, you're right. You right, you right. But one night I made another fun and educated decision that placed me at this cemetery. I had gone and picked up some friends and we parked at an elementary school to talk and hang out. After a bit, two cars came up and parked window to window with each other. And we decided we didn't want to be a part of whatever the fuck that was. So we left. Where to go? The cemetery, of course. We pull up, put it in park, but leave the truck running. We're just messing around, having a good time, when suddenly, out of the corner of our eye, we saw something move. All three of us stopped talking and laughing immediately, and the color drains from our faces. We look at each other to see if everyone is noticing this movement and finally find our own voices. We start yelling, and I throw it into drive, but of course was facing the back of the cemetery. I have to finish driving down this row, turn, and drive down an entirely different row. All the while, it looks like we are being just ran at in every direction. The feeling that I got in my gut just seeing all this. I've hardly been able to drive past since, and I've only been back once to my recollection. While researching Wolfman's Cabin, I came across a site that actually mentioned the cemetery and similar goings-on. They mentioned seeing vague outlines of people and, and being ran at. They also mentioned noises and children's laughter, which I can't say I heard, but I never got out of the vehicle after all. I've been to several cemeteries at night, and I'd have to say that this is one of the most unsettling for sure. And she sent me this little link to the cemetery, so I'm going to have to go and look at it, but... who we? Oh my goodness. The idea of seeing things running at your car at night in the dark? No thank you. Yeah. That's nightmare shit right there. For sure. 
You're trapped in this box and... In a freaking cemetery and everything looks the same and it's dark. It's not like they put up light lamp poles in, in the cemetery so you can see where you're going. And it's not easy to get out of a cemetery quickly. Mm-mm, no. Because the, they're all windy yeah. and shit. They don't use the uh, parallel grid system. Mm-mm. Just just thinking of our cemetery where it's kind of built on a hill, the Erie Cemetery. So if you were up at the top of that hill, there's no way you could get out of there quickly because it's such tight turns. You'd roll your car if you tried to go around that too fast. Mm-hmm. Smash into a mausoleum. Yeah, that would be freaky. I used to go smoke at the the cemetery up off of Steritania. There was a little like gazebo out there. Mm-hmm. We would sit there and smoke. We would leave school because we were badasses. Such know? a good student. Yeah. But what if you were out there at night smoking, and something came running? Not just something, but multiple Dude, things came running tripping. at you. Yeah, tripping right. Dick. That's scary as fuck, man. I she the way she was talking about it, I could absolutely picture it in my head as these. Like shadow figures just bolting towards the car. You don't like shadow figures. Mm-mm, I don't. There's a lot of things I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but cemetery roads are often really maze-like. There's no because it's not set up like a grid. There's no easy out. You make a right turn and then it doesn't take you where you think you're gonna go. It winds back around some other direction and then you. It's very hard to get out of big maze. Big mazes. Big cemeteries. Too much yeah. wine. Let's hope that whatever they are that's following them are just as stupid. It makes me kind of want to go visit it and check it out, but not really. Not at, at the all. same time. <laughs> you can go by yourself. Have fun. Send pictures. So thank you very much for sharing that with us, Loretta. That was that was creepy. I think tonight we should raise a toast to their ghosts. To theirs. To their ghosts. That's pretty kinky. To our spirits. So shall we? Raise a toast. To, to their, their ghosts. ghosts.